Well, good morning. Welcome. We're so glad you chose to spend part of your weekend with us. This year, we have been reading the one-year Bible together as a church, and it's been such a rewarding experience. And today, I'm honored to get to share the message with Thad Sweet, who is our care pastor, and he has been a faithful team member here for the last 15 years. And yes, you can cheer. I love it. Fun fact, Thad and I used to work together on the small group team way back in the day, and this week I had a Facebook memory. Now, sometimes those are cringy, but I definitely laughed out loud. That It included you, Thad. Yeah. It was great. Um, Thad is married to Emily, and they are the proud parents of two daughters, Zoe and Hadley, who are in high school. Thad, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Julie. And just a special welcome to those of you that are viewing, in, viewing online today. We just thank you for joining us, so sit back, have an extra coffee, and just relax in your comfy lazy boy or whatever you're sitting in. <laughs> you know, Julie, a little bone to pick with you first. Okay. 15 years. What took so long? I've been begging <laughs> for a spot up here. I mean, begging every single day. So mm -hmm. I don't know what it took, but thank you. You're welcome. For giving me a chance. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, really excited to be with you all this morning and I'm excited about the journey we've been on with the one-year Bible. You know, this is my first time using the one-year Bible, and I got to say, it's really energized uh, the regular times I'm spending in God's Word, and, and I hope that you all are finding the same to be true. Yeah. Well, we've said that in 2024, we want to read the Word, we want to live the Word, and we want to love the Word. And in today's daily reading, I want to take us there right now, and I want to read a portion of Psalms, because that's what we're going to be in today. But we read this this morning, if you've done your reading yet. This is Psalm 33, verse 4. It says, For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. And this is a word for us today, that the word of the Lord holds true. We can trust everything he does. Well, we're excited to share what's on our heart today, but we're going to start by praying and inviting the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. And so, Dad, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Well, Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for your presence today. We just take a moment right now to slow down, to focus our thoughts and our attention on you. We want you, Father. We need you. We're excited to hear from you and we are excited to encounter you. We look forward to being transformed by your truth this morning. We love you, God. Amen. Amen. Well, every time we read the word, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to reflect and respond. Because the truth is, we can do these daily readings just to do them, to get them done. Or we can choose to engage with God's word in a way in which we are truly transformed. We grow, we learn, we're challenged, and we're changed. When we take the time to reflect, that is when we ask those questions like, what does this text mean? What's happening here? What does this text show me about God? And then when we take it a step, for, uh, step further and we respond, we're giving God that opportunity for us to be able to say, okay, what now? How can I make what I'm reading applicable to my life? What am I supposed to do with what I have just read? Now, there's lots of different ways that we can reflect and respond as we are reading God's word, but today we wanna to talk about a tool that we can use, and that tool is journaling. Now, 
All throughout my life, I've had some degree of journaling. Uh, when I was a, a little kid, I remember having a diary with the little lock, but, which you'd always lose the little lock, so you couldn't really use that. And then as a preteen, um, I had a journal, and my deepest fear was that my brothers were going to find this journal, and they were going to discover that all the girls in the youth group had the cr uh, crush on the same boy. This is a true story. And I was, I was terrified. But all throughout my life, I've kind of done some degree of journaling. And some seasons have been really rich. And other seasons have been more out of discipline. And I've done lots of different things. I've done like handwritten journals, but I've also done some digital journals. And I found that in different seasons, I like different types of journals. I'm not a perfect journaler, but I'm definitely committed to this process. How about you, Thad? Well, one thing that would help you become a perfect journaler is if you didn't use a lock. It's just an unnecessary part of the process. Okay, okay? noted. <laughs> if there was a perfect journaler, I might be him. Okay, <laughs> I've been I like it. journaling for close to 30 years now, and that's a lot of pages, a lot of journals filled. And, you know, I get asked from time to time what I've done with, with all those journals over the years that I've filled up. And it's kind of funny. Almost everyone sort of gasps when I tell them uh, my response, what I've done with those. Journaling truly has become a complete process for me, something that I've developed with God over the years. And before I begin a new journal, I'll take some time to think about where I've been, think about some of the ways that I've hopefully grown since I'm completing that last journal. And then I'll invite the Holy Spirit into the process of filling the pages of that new journal. Mm. And once I've completed a journal, I begin to plan in my mind uh, the next opportunity I have uh, to have a campfire in my backyard. The campfire is one of my favorite ways to relax and connect with God. And, and, and so I, I use that time to thank God for, for how he's spoken to me through that previous journal. That's months and months of life that's been lived through that journal. And when I'm done with that, I take the pages of that journal and I throw them in the fire. When that told me this, <laughs> I was completely shook. I, I, I could not believe it. But then you explained your reasoning, and it's really beautiful. Yeah, this is something I've implemented probably seven or eight years ago now. And God helped me develop this as an exercise and not holding on too tightly to the past, mm. whether it's good or bad. Um, and it helps me be someone that's looking ahead to the next adventure that God has me on. I think that's beautiful. I could never, but it is beautiful. <laughs> It's fine. Again, if you want to be perfect, do what I do. <laughs> now, Julie, if you don't mind for just a moment, I want to call a time out here and just address yeah. a specific grouping of, of people in the audience here. You might be tuning in online now. Men. <laughs> uh, fellas. <laughs> yeah, I know you're excited, but you know, I know some of you are probably wishing you stayed at home in bed today. You're like, what? Can we talk about anything other than journaling? Okay, I, I know that. Um, it's also Super Bowl Sunday, right? But I want you guys to relax. You know, I see Arnie Lack sitting in the audience here. Like, none of us are playing as a Super Bowl today, okay? So we have nowhere to go. The game's not till 5.30, so we're not in a rush. So you just sit back, just relax. And what I really don't want, fellas, I don't want you to tune out today. You know, it's been my experience in the past that we sort of incorrectly label journaling as only something that a woman would do, definitely not a manly thing to do, and that's just not true. Uh, we're going to spend some time in Psalm 31 and 32 today 
These are Psalms that were written by David. And if there ever was a man's man in the Bible, Mm -hmm. it was David. David was the guy. You know, it's the same David that killed Goliath, the giant, with a rock and a sling. Previous to that, killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. He even had a song written about him with the lyrics that went, Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Okay, so David truly was a man's man. But what's most important about David is that he was known as a man after God's own heart. He was a warrior and he was a king, but he was also a very broken man. David was an adulterer. David was a murderer. Made a lot of poor choices in his day. And yet, God was willing to partner with David, just like he's willing to partner with you and partner with me. So men, if you're tempted to tune out today, I challenge you to lean in in this moment. You know, Mike Krasta gave us a great word last week about pride and how it keeps us from every good thing that God has for us. So lean in today, because God's got some great things in store for you that you do not want to miss out on. That I think this is such a great invitation and challenge. You're clearly passionate about this. Tell us a little bit about your journey with journaling. Yeah, journaling for me has been this amazing adventure of connecting with the Holy Spirit and just getting to know myself better. You know, I've, I've been struck by the honesty and the rawness of David's words throughout the Psalms. So over the years, I've found myself uh, just experiencing the same freedom through my journaling to communicate with God in a similar manner. This in turn has played a significant role in combating the depression and mental health issues that I've faced in my own life. Mm-hmm. And over time, the Holy Spirit has helped me develop this tool of journaling into a powerful weapon that helps me be healthy in my mind and in my spirit. Yeah, one of the things I so appreciate about journaling is that it is a place where we can record and reflect and respond our un filtered thoughts and feelings and opinions. And it is this place where when you invite the Holy Spirit into it, you can, as you're reading God's word, you can search, you can ask questions, you can look for patterns, you can hear his voice. And it's this incredible gift that God has given us. Yeah, I love that. That journaling can be a great, safe place Mm -hmm. for us to just tell God our thoughts and feelings. I appreciate how God wants to have unique and individual experiences and relationships with each and every one of us. And I love the freedom that's available to us as we craft disciplines like worship and prayer and journaling. You know, for me to help kind of keep my excitement up about journaling over the years, I purchase and use journals that I actually like. Um, I've had, for a number of years, I've used leather journals. And for the last year, I've used this journal with just a a waxed canvas exterior. I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. And that might sound like something that's sort of simple, but What I've found is when I have a tool that I enjoy using, I'm more apt to go back to it over and over again. And so that's really helped me remain excited about keeping up with this discipline of connecting with the Holy Spirit through journaling. Yeah, journals give us a great opportunity to reflect and to respond. And what we're going to do now is we're going to go to Psalms because that's going to be where we're hanging out today. And before we jump into our text, we thought it could be helpful to talk a little bit about what are the Psalms. Well, the Psalms are a prayer book that have 150 poems in them, and they were written by all different authors, but King David wrote many of them. He wrote the ones that we're going to look at today. And 
the Psalms were written specifically to the Hebrew people, but they speak to humanity in general. Now, when we read the Psalms, we want to read them in two ways. The first way we want to read it is we want to read it as the original audience would have read it in their Hebrew world. But then secondly, we want to read it through the lens of the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies, interpreting and understanding these passages through the lens of the new covenant. Julie, <laughs> what do you mean by all that? <laughs> Great question, because it can be kind of confusing. Have you ever read the Psalms and thought to yourself, this is just weird. This is just weird. It's violent. They're asking for revenge. Things seem really messed up. They're crying out to God. Things don't seem right. Well, that's because the Psalms were written before Jesus did his work. Now we sit in a place where we read the Psalms and Jesus has finished his work. We have been made right and whole. Jesus has defeated the enemy. We have the kingdom filter. And it's through this lens, we like to call it putting on our sunglasses, S-O-N glasses, that we want to read the Psalms. Each Psalm reveals more of Jesus. And what's so interesting to me about the Psalms is it's not a book that's meant to be read once. It's a book that's meant to be read over and over and over again. And what I love about the One Year Bible is the way that they have incorporated the Psalms into our daily readings. You read a little bit every single day. And by the end of the year, you're going to read through that book two times. So that what's been your experience with the Psalms? Yeah, many times as I'm reading a Psalm, you know, I'll come across something that just sort of strikes a chord with me. And I may not understand right away, but it just sort of, something will just jump right off the page at me. And, and when that happens, I like to stop. I don't want to rush over that. Mm. Um, I like to stop in that moment and just begin to reflect a little bit. Yeah. Like, why did that stand out to me? What specifically caught my attention there? And so I may pray about that. I might turn to my journal and write out some thoughts and reflections. And as I'm doing that, oftentimes God makes the response he wants me to take uh, fairly clear. Yeah, yeah. So let's head on over to Psalm 31, which we read on this past Friday, February 9th. And I want to encourage you, as we're reading, let's slow down. This is not a race we're trying to get through. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is, we want to be looking for anything that the Holy Spirit might be highlighting to us, anything that might grab our attention. And so I go into this exercise expecting that he wants to speak to me and that he's going to show me something that he'd like to explore a little bit more with me. Yeah, I like that reminder to slow down so that we can reflect and respond. Psalm 31 is a beautiful psalm of David in which he is explaining and exclaiming his incredible trust in God, despite his circumstances. And he kind of lays out the trouble that he's in. But the psalm comes to a climax in verse 14 when it says this, David cries out, but I trust in you, O Lord, you are my God. And David remains confident in God and his plans. And so Thad, why don't we pick up in verse 21? Yep, sounds good. Well, blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was in a besieged city. I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. So now that we've read the scripture, the next thing we're going to do is reflect. 
So right away for me, verse 22 really just jumped out and got my attention. Again, David says, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. As I think about that, it sort of seems like David was so overwhelmed by what he was going through that he almost developed tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. He was only trying to connect with God by sight. You know, ha- have you ever found yourself in one of those moments where you're just incredibly overwhelmed, whether it be by life in general or maybe there's a certain specific situation and you just can't hardly see past the challenge that's in front of you? Mm-hmm. I know I've felt that many times in my life, and I think that's exactly what David's experiencing in this passage. Uh, and, and he missed the fact that he had options. Even though he couldn't see God, he could still talk to God. And that's something, as I think about this next week, that's something that I'm going to want to revisit over and over again. I'm going to want to think about that some more. I'm going to want to journal about that and, and ask God about it and see what he has to say. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel the pressure to figure that all out right in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I also notice that David begins this section with praise for God. You know, he starts there before ever diving into the details about how he felt cut off or when he was in need of mercy and help. He started from a place of thanksgiving. And it amazes me what happens when we make that our foundation. We make God's goodness the filter through which we view everything that happens. I think that is such a powerful reflection on David that he has all these feelings and emotions. And as people who have a lot of feelings, I have a lot of feelings, that has a lot of feelings. You know, we can tend to let our feelings kind of dictate uh, our circumstances and and, and how we move forward. And I love here that David shows us this wrestling, but then points us towards praise. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to just acknowledge for a moment that we simply aren't always going to feel like God is with us, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to always be filled with faith and hope. And it's, it's in those moments that our foundation is crucial. If we have that foundation of thanksgiving, remembering that God has been faithful in the past, it can help us keep all those communication lines open with God. And as we read and reflect, each of us has an invitation to respond to what we're reading, And moving down, I really felt the Holy Spirit strongly on verse 24 when I read that. Be strong and let your heart take courage. It's definitely appropriate for me right now. I can think of a number of situations where God is inviting me to offer strength instead of weakness, where he's inviting me to offer courage instead of cowardice. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me of this story I came across once about the difference between bison and cattle. Okay. Okay, So just bear with me here. Both animals can sense when a storm is coming towards them, but they have drastically different responses to that storm. So cattle, when they sense a storm coming, they act real cowardly. They just tuck tail and they run the opposite direction. Uh, They're doing anything they can to escape that storm. And let's be honest, the the cows are not going to outrun anything. So (laughs) it's kind of a silly attempt on their part. Um, But what ends up happening is the storm overtakes them, and because they're going the same direction, they suffer a lot. They're exposed to the elements of that storm a lot because they continue to travel the same direction as that storm. But bison, on the other hand, bison, as a herd, will turn and face the storm that's coming. 
Not only will they just simply face that storm, they will charge at it, almost like they're attacking it full on. That's right. Yeah, all right. And the beautiful thing about that is, you know, they just suffer a lot less. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a word for some of us today. Like storms come in life. Mm-hmm. And we can't escape them. But it always goes better. We suffer less when we turn and face those storms instead of trying to run away from them. Such a powerful illustration and a visual that's going to stick in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And as I reflect on that even deeper, I realize how I want to respond to storms in my own life is exactly the way bison do. When storms come, I want to be the kind of man that courageously charges ahead anyways, believing that God sees and hears me, even if I can't see and hear him. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to live with strength and with courage to turn and face storms head on as they come instead of living with cowardice and trying to escape and evade anything that's hard or difficult. And so as I'm journaling, I might bring about a specific situation in my own mind and, and invite the Holy Spirit to instill in me his strength and encourage and show me specific ways that I can live those things out in that situation. This has become a really powerful tool for me over the years. Yeah, we just sensed that we're supposed to pause right now and stop our message and take a moment to do a little bit of ministry because we believe that some of you are facing storms right now and you need courage. You need courage to face the storm and go into the storm with the Holy Spirit at your side. And so we want to invite you right now, if you're facing a storm, would you please stand? That's going to pray for you. But the first thing I just hear the Father saying is, even if you can't see him, he hears you. And so that's just going to pray over you and bless you in this part of your journey. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence with us right now. We thank you that you've not left our side for a moment. That you see and know everything that's going on. And we remember today that you created us for connection with you. So I thank you that even in the midst of storms and trials, you are still bringing us closer to you. I pray right now for everyone that needs an encounter with you this morning, that they would begin to feel your presence, that they would begin to feel that you are with them right now. Fill each person with your strength and with your courage. Fill these people, your sons and your daughters, right now, with your peace and with your hope. We pray for breakthrough in each of their situations. Yes. That you would come right now. Show your power, your mercy, your love, and your care for each person standing. We thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can sit down. I love how when we take the time to reflect and respond, our time in the scripture is so much richer. And so we're going to go to one more scripture together today. We're going to go to Psalm 32. And this was from yesterday's reading. 
Saturday, February 10th. And just a quick overview of Psalm 32. This is another Psalm of David. And in this one, he, he starts off by just talking about how amazing it is to be in right relationship with God, that he knows what it's like to live with unconfessed sin and how gracious God is when we come to him with a repentant heart. And then he challenges us that God has a plan and a path for our lives, and he challenges us not to be stubborn. And so I'm gonna pick up now in Psalm 32, verse seven, and read a few verses, and then we're going to reflect and respond. This is what David wrote. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Yeah, and so the same thing as before. We've read our scripture, and now we want to reflect a little bit on what we just read. So, Julie, did you notice anything as you read? Yeah, the thing that jumped out to me was that horse analogy. Um, <laughs> immediately, don't be stubborn, Jules. And so, um, yeah, I just had that picture in my mind, and I think that would be definitely something that I would journal about. I've ten tended to struggle with control, and believing that God has a good plan and path and that I don't want to be like that stubborn horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. We're all applauding you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> See how simple that was? This is not something that has to be drawn out and, and lengthy. Um, what I noticed in this passage is David's acknowledgement that it's God who protects him. Mm. It's God who guides him to victory. And God says that he'll guide David along the best path for his life, that he will advise him and watch over him. That's pretty powerful. The other thing I noticed, it appears we have a choice to submit ourselves to that guidance and that advice and that protection. You see, God gives us the option and the ability to choose whether or not that's something that we want. It's a simple invitation to take the best path, God's path. And so now I want to respond to what I sensed as I read and Verse 8 reminds me of a passage from Isaiah that God used many, many years ago in my life to bring my family and I here to the Vineyard Church. I've actually filled numerous journals over the years just with thoughts and reflections on that one verse. And God truly used that practice to help me navigate one of the most difficult seasons of my life. I was working for a local nonprofit at the time, a Christian organization, a good organization, and yet I knew my time had come to an end there, like it does many times. Mm -hmm. I felt like God was telling me it was time to step away, and so I began to look for other jobs. God was leading me to quit, and in my mind, that meant I could quit once I found another job. That's normally a reasonable and responsible step, right, to line up other employment before you submit your resignation. Yeah. I was married. Uh, Emily and I, we both our girls were born at the time, and so I had an entire family to care for and help provide for. And providing my family with a sense of security is very important to me. I want them to feel safe and secure. But God was asking us to trust him and to take a leap of faith. So for three years, I sent out resumes and completed applications. And I got one phone call interview in, in that three years time span. One. One. That's tough. Three years, one. Yeah, it was a long season. My dad was working with a mentor at the time. He's a pastor who counseled and coached other pastors up in Michigan. And this gentleman graciously agreed to have a few phone calls with me. And 
I'll never forget the challenge he gave me on that first phone call. Yeah. He said, Thad, you must be obedient to what you know to be true. And then he asked me, what do you know to be true? Now, that is a powerful reflection question. So this is serious. Um, you feel this nudge, but you have a family. I can only imagine the tension that you were facing. And so when you took time to reflect, what did you know to be true? Yeah, what I knew to be true was that I wasn't supposed to be working there anymore. Mm. God was asking me to be obedient to that first step, his direction to quit. And I was struggling to reconcile what I felt like God was asking of me with the responsibility I felt as a husband and as a father. I remained connected to God and was committed to reflecting and responding the best that I knew how in that moment. After much conversation with Emily, she was amazing through this whole process. We both finally agreed that I should simply turn in my resignation. We would trust that God would take care of us. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, less than one week from doing that, I got an interview and received a job offer uh, driving a bus here in town for MTD. Even crazier, a month after that, um, I, I got a job here at the church part-time, so I was doing both. And I didn't, had no idea that job was going to come up. And that job, that part-time role here, eventually led to a full-time position. And I was able to leave that job at MTD. And what I want to say is, you know, that job at MTD was such a blessing in that season. That was such a gift. Yeah. Now, it didn't align with the call I felt on my life to be a pastor, but it absolutely aligned with the call in my life to be a husband and to be a father. Hmm. And I just want to take a quick moment. If there's any MTD operators or staff in the room or watching online, I just want to say thank you to each mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. And I know from experience what a difficult job that is. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say you provide an amazing service to our community. So thank you so much. Yeah. See, God was indeed guiding us. Mm-hmm. He was advising us and watching over us in that season. But he waited patiently for us to actually follow him before he brought about that next phase. And notice in that particular case, In my case, it wasn't until we were obedient to the first step that God then showed us the next step. And this is so true because this is often how God operates. Yeah, I hate that so much. (laughs) I love that honesty. Right. So good. It's just so frustrating. Um, There we go. See? We're done. Yeah. (laughs) It is so frustrating, but... What I've found is that God does that for a reason. It's not because he's mean, Mm -hmm. okay? It's not because he's frustrated with us. It's not because he wants to punish any of us. God has us on a step-by-step journey because he's always trying to develop our consistent trust and reliance Mm. on him. Yeah, because the reality is what would happen if he showed me the whole path, oh my goodness, I would ruin that thing. It would look nothing like what he designed it to be, right? Because his 
His goal isn't just our destination. His goal is also the journey. Because he didn't just create us just to end up in heaven one day. We get to experience all of him right now. So that's what he's up to in his life and in your life. He wants connection with each of you. He wants friends. He wants sons and he wants daughters. He doesn't want slaves. He doesn't want employees. He's not looking for anybody to robotically just obey his commands. He wants intimacy with each and every one of us. And he will use whatever means he can to help us grow closer to him. Dad, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. That was incredibly profound. And I know that Jesus wants to take us on this journey of transformation. He wants us to be transformed by truth. He wants connection with us. And so when we choose to reflect and respond as we're reading, perhaps with journaling this week, give it a try if you've never tried it before. If you Come on, guys. You can do it. You, you can, can do, do it. it. You don't have to be perfect. <laughs> we want to encourage you. Jesus wants to connect with you. He wants to meet you in these pages as you spend time with him daily. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll head into worship. Jesus. You're so good and you're so faithful. And we thank you for the words that we read today. We thank you for the truth that was shared. And now as we head into worship, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to have your way. God, remove what needs to be removed. We welcome you here into this space. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.